Hello, happy Monday. Uh, happy Sens game day to Sean Simpson. How are you doing this morning, Simmer? Uh, excellent, Jer. Kind of enjoy when they're playing the Monday games. I don't have to be at them, and this one's on the road, so I'm good. Uh, parking spot was open, beautiful Sens weekend, beautiful weather yesterday, so it's an excellent Monday. How are you? Excellent, thank you. Yes, yes, good. Although I reached my breaking point with the shoveling on Saturday. I saw that. Uh, it was uh, what, 24 centimeters, I think, was the official airport total. Mm-hmm. Felt like more in my driveway. I don't know if it was just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just, it just when I went out to walk, like it was, it looked, it looked nice. It was Saturday. I didn't have to go anywhere, so yeah. I walked the dog first. Yeah. And then I took those first few because it, uh, you know, it looked like, oh, that looks like a little bit more than the ten to fifteen <laughs> we had predicted. Yeah. And then I was walking down the driveway, and I go, oh, this is gonna be, this yeah. is gonna be a big job. Yeah. Uh, I had the rookie. Again. I had the rookie mistake of Saturday. I had lots of hockey going on, then working. So. Oh, that'll be no problem. I'll just tackle it Sunday. And by then, when oh. the plow had come through and everything else, that, that wow. ended up turning into, I felt a little something on the right side of my back today. It actually yeah. feels pretty good. But uh, Haven't you yeah. back, been back in Canada for 10-plus years? Yeah. You should know better than well, that. Well, <clears throat> I, 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 but I, this is really the first year that I've been domesticated. Oh. Uh, never had any shoveling to do up until now. But anyways, it just say got her done. Uh, went over to the dog park for a couple of hours with Echo the dog, and it was yeah. sunshine and just absolutely gorgeous sitting out there and feeling that sun and watching the dogs play. So end up being a nice day and a great hockey game on Saturday. Mm. Now we're at uh, over 300 uh, centimeters of snow uh, this this winter. Um, which Are we to celebrate that? Well, it seems like we've had almost 200 of those centimeters since the new year. Yeah, I, I agree on that because I, I really thought we were cruising through nothing uh, up until the new year. Now, what was it? Is it 08? What was the what was yes. the 08 mark? Yeah, this, uh, the winter of 07, 08 okay. was, uh, was the 444. 444. Which is the big one, which oh. we probably, well, we'd have to get some pretty massive mark. Now, we get some, oh, we usually get the uh, one big storm in March, mm-hmm. maybe two. So we're in for the shoveling's not over yet. Yeah. Now, in a typical winter. Saw this on the weekend on the CTV Auto News Report on the latest yeah. storm. Yeah. So again, we're at just we just passed 300 centimeters. Yeah. What do we get in a in an average Ottawa winter uh, in terms of centimeters of snow? Hundred uh, to do 211. 211. Good I'm, guess. I'm taking the oh really good <laughs> guess. Oh no no. Uh, no I just changing. said good guess. Be charitable because it's Monday. I was going under. I'm, yeah. I was thinking like. Uh, Hundo and a half, one hundred and fifty. Mm, one seventy-five. So not uh, bad. I'm going to give you the victory on that one, which was uh, low. I don't know why lower than I thought because one seventy-five. That's like five thirty. Not that we get thir- a thirty-centimeter snowstorm is a big one actually. Yep, yep. So that's uh, that's what seven. That's eight, nine, eight and a half, twenty centimeters. Yeah, you know what? Actually, okay. So three hundred. Anyway, all that to say, normally one seventy-five. Typical. We're at three hundred. So if you're uh, sick of shoveling. Everybody, I well, I don't say everybody. A lot of people, I don't, uh, and I don't mind the oh, snow. The kids it's have the, loved it. The shoveling part that really, at this stage, we've maxed out. And there's some people that have the March first rule of mm. I don't shovel after March first. Yeah, okay. I'm just creating my my track set trails. There'll be people cross country skiing <laughs> on on Canada Day. Yeah. There'll be enough snow in the forest. I can't imagine the melt at the same time. And yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot. Now I hope as far as precipitation. This doesn't mean anything to do with spring or even summer, for that matter, that we're going to be getting these. Can you get a Texas low in the summertime, a rain, mm. or is it only a snowstorm or a Colorado good, low? Good question. Hopefully we're not getting that all uh, all spring and all summer. Don't need that. I'm one of those March 1st, put away the shovel, see you later. I, I could not do that uh, over the weekend. Uh, a, it was just way too much. B, 
Uh, my wife woke up early to take my son to work Saturday morning, and I woke up to her shoveling. I'm like, I can't let that happen. <laughs> she can't be out there all by herself. I know that's because she's yelling a lot. That's because she's yelling your name and throwing f bombs. <laughs> she's chucking <laughs> snowballs up at the window. Where are you? <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> I went out and helped out, and we took care of business. Oh, I took care nice. of the front. Nice. All right, that's the heavy stuff. That's the hardcore. I did find that the uh, when the plow came by later, that uh, was that was a big. That was an extra. I was quite. A I, I had a sense of pride when I got it all done, like the, the driveway, and it was done to the end. And I don't know why I didn't factor in end of the driveway plow mm-hmm. coming by later. I just forgot about it. Double burden came out in the afternoon. No, it was done. He was he was he was gone. And I, I don't know if they dropped the blade a little bit lower on my street, <laughs> but it was just like, oh my god, again. No, I had an extra chunk, and and I don't think I've done a great job of my corner. So the corner itself, I've kind of let it kind of grow to pretend like it actually is the corner when it's not really the corner. Uh, so by the time that one came through, it was like, no way, not moving it. Got enough room to get out of the driveway. We're good to go. And even at that, backing out, uh, if I got to catch the corner and hit it anyway, no big deal. I'll just uh, run it over with the car. That'd be a perfect way to make the corner. Run it over, create a nice hump, all good to go. Not anyway. me. Mine's beautiful. And, and it's clear now, too, because I, I got the nice sunshine on oh, Sunday. Yeah. So it's There's pristine. There's some good black, some good blacktop, eh? Woo! When you're done and you walk out and you see the blacktop, yeah. you go, I took care of business. By the time Hammer gets back from Florida, it'll be, uh, be probably uh, green grass. You'll have everything going, Hammer. You guys got okay. my driveway in case uh, we get a couple of big snowfalls? You, you know? got it. You, you betcha. You don't, want to, you don't want it to be left untouched I because don't... then the criminals know, hey, exactly. they're gone. Yeah. What about all the people next door, the 17 people live in the house next door? It's not 17 anymore. There is eight, and yeah. I have not seen one other than the dad shovel, which yeah. is extremely disappointing. Well, you're, you're not bringing the buggies, though, so it'll look like your home. That's except true. They won't, except they won't look like they've moved because that, there'll be true. snow that's on top. True. What about getting the Russians that you're such good friends with you that live in back here? I'd like to give the finger to your daughter. You know what? Uh, I'll think about that. Yeah. I, I have a I have a feeling you know that's what? probably not going to go You've got to make well. peace at some point. Yeah. Exactly. This would it's be. It's for them to make peace. It's for the Russians to make peace. It's not for me. They fired the first shots. The twin bird salute. All right? I retaliated with some loud... Maybe crazy neighbor F-bombs. <laughs> okay. Just to make sure the whole neighborhood knew what they were dealing with there. What about road rage? Okay, well, neither were my fault. Have you run yeah, them off the road at on, any point? Yeah, they're on the other <laughs> side, though. You got to just slide a nice Ukrainian flag on before you go for vacation. <laughs> you guys have said that in the that's backyard. Oh, no. yeah. Flyer high, flyer oh, That's perfect right there. Oh, that's okay. instigating. Okay, 618. We got a game to get to. Yes, it's yet another Monday with a Sens game. Uh, and... What's with a 9 o'clock start in Chicago? They're like central time. Come on, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, you know, 7 o'clock your time, 8 o'clock our time. I don't like these 9 o'clock starts on a Monday. Five-game road trip for the Sens, just just so you can kind of work this into your sleep schedule because uh, you're going to be up watching the games now late. There's three 9 o'clock face-offs and two 10 o'clock face-offs. Four of the five games are on school nights, though. All right, which is uh, not uh, not conducive to necessarily people getting a full night's sleep. But, hey, it's good to be talking about a playoff race as opposed to the draft lottery simulator, which is normally the first thing we do on the or the first show after the trade deadline. We're right into the draft simulator. Don't need to do that this year for a lot of reasons. Anyway, we'll come back. We'll uh, talk about uh, the Columbus game and Jake Chikrin's home debut. 
uh, and the game tonight in Chicago. Get you right up to date on the playoff race, such as it is in the uh, Eastern Conference. So we got lots to get to a busy weekend, and we'll come back and uh, get into it all when we return on this Monday morning. Glad you're with us. Hope you had a good weekend. You're listening to Sports Radio TSN 1200. Welcome back, 623, on this Monday morning with J.R. Simmer and Hammer. We're here until uh, 10 o'clock this morning. We got you covered all day long, and don't forget, we got a Sens game for you tonight as they're in Chicago to kick off a five-game road trip against the Blackhawks, 9 o'clock face-off time. Not happy about that, 9 Central, or 9, uh, sorry, 9, uh, yeah, 9 Eastern, sorry, 8 o'clock face-off Chicago time uh, as the Sens will play four games this week, three of them against non-playoff team, Chicago being right near the bottom of the standings there with Columbus, uh, but they also play uh, Vancouver and Calgary on the weekend, both those teams as well on the outside looking in, uh, but they need to take advantage of uh, these uh, three games. If you're just looking at standings-wise, and I know games are always tougher on the road, but because uh, uh, after Sunday, uh, look, take a look at the rest of the schedule, the rest of the season. Uh, I think there's only two games against non-playoff teams the rest of the year after this weekend, so Chance to make some hay this weekend starts uh, this week, starts uh, tonight in yeah. Chicago. Uh, Sense coming off a big 5-2 win over Columbus. Took care of business in a big way on Saturday night and in thanks to this guy. Gambrell inside the line, sends it in front, just tapped wide by Goche. Back to the point. Branstrom swings it across. Chikrin with a shot. Scores! There's the first as a senator for Jake Chikrin. I couldn't have scripted it any better. Old Grandpa's there, uh, his sister. It looks like some other family members in the stands. Grandpa's uh, drinking the coffee. He's eating the donuts. He's celebrating his grandson scoring a goal. <laughs> like, honestly, Simmer, I mean, you're in the building. This this, this is incredible. Wow. Come together. Very low-key Canadian uh, for Grandpa and having a little sip there and what could be more uh, Canadian? You come from Arizona. I don't think the Mullet Arena has a Tim Horton. So uh, I know that mom was in town as well. Uh, dad was working the Florida game. So, yeah, lots of family, uh, lots of excitement, Jer. And i got to be honest with you, kicking off, first of all, with Pride Night. And the building, man, it looks so cool with all the T-shirts. The Sens did a great job with that. But right from the anthem, there was something different going on. And when Hamannick scored that goal been to many a playoff game over the years when they have played playoffs here that was a reaction the energy in the building was as close to a playoff game and there was just something very special from uh, everything that happened in the game to to the overall vibe to the chant of we want the playoffs uh it was it was a fun night here haven't felt that in a long long time and just very very cool now uh so i'm watching on my uh, television you guys are both at the uh, at the building so uh this Starts to uh, heat up in the third period. So, uh, who are we giving credit for? Uh, did uh, you guys narrow it down to a certain section? I'm 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 going 300 level for sure. It was 300 where the real, for sure. Where the real fans are. Yeah, I, yeah. well, yeah, I I wouldn't be able to have any inkling other than there are chants that you hear once in a while that you can kind of feel where it was coming from, and they drown out pretty quickly. Uh, this thing was the entire building. Uh, it was loud, it was proud, and it lasted for quite a long time, GR. So, hey, whatever the credit was, it was everybody involved. And even from when Chickern came on and they announced him on the, or showed him, I was surprised he wasn't in the starting lineup, but when they showed him on the board, Welcome to Ottawa, uh, a lot of people got up and cheered. Well, obviously, you got a standing ovation to Derek Broussard pregame, but like I say, the energy level of that chant, it was very passionate, very cool, like I said. It wasn't just that, you know, shortened. Sweet. It was everybody in the building was into it. Mr. Season ticket holder, 
is how we will now uh, oh, boots name. on the ground. Yeah. Boots on the ground. Yeah. Carter, yeah, uh, was in section three fourteen. Okay, and he said it started like he heard it start a couple of sections to, to the right of him. Okay. okay, that it started and then it just got like caught on so fast. Yeah, and it was so loud to the point where we we Dean Gordy and I we didn't hear the initial chant, so it got too loud to we were we couldn't make out what the heck they were saying. I had no clue because it was so loud. I'm trying to just pick out a word or something. Couldn't get anything. Went over to, to Brian Morris at the Sands and go, they're chanting, we want playoffs. Yeah. I go, okay, now it makes sense. The first thing you think of when you hear that, I'm assuming so back to the pizza days, right, is when there's a giveaway for a certain amount of goals. Mm. Uh, no, but that's that's what crowds do, yeah, right? You know, you I, want pizza. I, sure. I want pizza. <laughs> so you're trying to, but, you know, for where we sit, where we're fortunate, uh, yeah. Pretty quickly, you could uh, hear it and, and the reaction. And even they showed in the building uh, on the big screen there, Jake Chickren. And one time, Jr. I don't know if you saw it on TV, uh, showed him basically giving the crowd the the pump to, to raise the noise and gave a little clap. It, like I say, it was, man, he couldn't have wrote a better script, guys, for not only that, for the week. Like that Montreal game of previous Saturday was such a terrible game. But by the time this five-game set finish off, Jr. they outscored their opponents 27-10. to 10. Only four of those goals being on the power play. Like, what an incredible eight days for the franchise, not to mention uh, adding Jake Chikrin. And the uh, Sens have moved from uh, where we scoffed at the playoffs to, um, you know, uh, it's the playoffs. Or, I mean, it will do with the meaningful games yeah. to in the playoff conversation to now in the playoff race. And yeah, so the yeah. fans picked up their side of things on a Saturday night. Here's a DJ Smith on the playoff chant. Credit to our guys for dragging the you know this group um, along when we you know were down and out essentially um, what they've you know done here of late and, and and what they did to stay afloat in December and January you know our core group of guys um, obviously believe in each other um, and obviously there is a buzz but there's still lots of track left there. All right, there he goes. Always, uh, always trying to tamper down. Don't want to be. Don't want to get too high. On, coach. Don't want to get too low. <laughs> don't want to. Uh, I thought he was. You know, I thought that answer was going to be more along the lines of, "Oh, I loved it. Loved it when the fans uh, picked yeah, us up there yeah. in the third period." But regardless, yeah. anyway, that's uh, that is, uh, I guess, the role of a coach: <laughs> never get too high, never get too low. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, uh, I'm. Uh, you know, they. You know, on the, for the TV side of things, I don't know what they showed uh, in the rink. Uh, certainly, the players seem to have uh, picked up on uh, on that as well. So, credit to the fans and the fan. You know, it always starts with one, has to start with one, and then one row, and then one section, and then it grows from there. But that was, uh, I I don't remember that ever happening in Ottawa before. Yeah. It's been a long time. Well, it's been six <laughs> years since they've made the playoffs, but I don't remember that back in 2017. Uh, happening, and that just shows you the thirst yeah. for playoff hockey that's out there right and now. And it was also interesting watching, JR, and, and tonight, like, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets at least have Liney and Goudreau. When you turn on your TV tonight, make sure you have hockey database ready to go. This is the Chicago Blackhawks, the worst team in the National Hockey League. They, they have, on paper, the worst team, and Columbus is not a very good team, but there was a swagger the other night that just felt very different. And strangely enough, going in, I felt like it did when they played Arizona earlier in the year of... I don't feel any letdown. I don't feel any trap game. They were going to come in and dominate, and that's exactly what they did. And just the poise that they played with, and in particular when you add Chickering into there, yeah, that was that was a that was a game where you just had to win, and just felt like that right from the very beginning, even when it was one one. It was a it was a taking care of you know a taking care of business game. Get her done. And, you got to uh, get, get her done. Get her done. Yeah. Right, and it's not like you could look at it necessarily as a trap game because well you knew that the next game was going to be against Chicago, an equally bad team yeah. Yeah. Uh, to Columbus. But these these are games that sometimes, and we've seen 
Uh, less so with Chicago, but Columbus had won some games against some Big good time. opponents. In and the I don't know how two to three how. weeks, but but they had. <laughs> oh, and sure, and you sure, yeah. you see that where you go, uh, where you're thinking, okay, this matchup is happening. Really good team playing really bad team. Uh, yeah. Chalk up to and and for whatever reason. Uh, we see, uh, you know, the Anaheim Ducks are playing some good hockey now. Out of nowhere, they've been terrible all year. Yeah. All of a sudden, they've won. Uh, the last time I checked, like four of their last five games. Sure. Like the, the bad teams can still come up yeah. and, and surprise you. So the Sens took yeah. care of business on Saturday. They got to do it again tonight yeah. against Chicago. Got to start this five game road yeah. trip on the right foot. Well, and yeah, this is always funny because it feels like back to the Hamburglar run. Hey, you say that every night because you can't afford to lose. Now, what is different though? Uh, the teams that are solid into a playoff spot, you can have a letdown. But in the case of the Ottawa Senators, and you feel that within the group in that five-game span, JR, hey, there's a sense of urgency. There's an understanding that, man, you'd be kicking yourself at the end of the year if you ever lost to Columbus or Chicago, right? For how far you've come, that is the last thing you want to see happen. And as I said, don't feel it. Ha- didn't feel it happened on Saturday, and I don't think it'll happen. Now, get out to the West Coast. Seattle's had a nice year. Uh, Vancouver, to me, is still a threat because of some of the talent they have. Um, Calgary still has a good team, as does Edmonton. So to me, that despite the standings, uh, that will still be a level of danger that uh, I don't think Columbus or certainly Chicago on paper present. They will go into the game in Chicago against Chicago tonight on a five-game winning streak. This is their longest winning streak since the last time they made the playoffs, uh, back to March of 2017. Here's Thomas Shabbat on that. You know what? We've been playing some good hockey. Even even before that stretch of two games, we lost Boston and Carolina. We felt like our game was there. And uh, you know what? It's it's one of those things right now. We're playing good. We get, we just got to keep that rolling. And um, that's what we do is, is every night it's a new game. It's a new challenge. And we just get to roll in, whether it's at home or on the road, roll in and do, do what we do. Uh, it was interesting uh, when Pierre Dorian met with the media after the trade deadline on uh, Friday. He was asked, uh, you know, paraphrasing, but, uh, you know, when, when did you think, um, you know, that this team was a potential playoff team or whatever? And he goes, and he said after the Boston game, actually, even though they lost the game uh, in Boston, if you remember, it was, uh, well, it was the holiday Monday, the family day, right? They had played the game the day before against St. Louis, mm-hmm. won the game, but you're going against Boston, against the biggest, baddest team in the National Hockey League, and they went and... They gave the Bruins a good game. Um, what was it? I think three one was the final. I believe yeah. in that Mandalizzi game. Mandelizzi played yeah, very well. It was a good. It was a very competitive game. Yeah. Um, you know, Boston just had. They got a couple extra. You know, Pasternak had a couple of goals in that game. He he took that uh, that Boston team and he willed them to a victory. But uh, Ottawa showed well in that game, and the the general manager felt like that was that was the indication to him of okay, I've got a good team here, and yeah. uh, you know what can I do to mm-hmm. round it out? And shortly thereafter, as we saw last week, the Jake Chikrin. Trade was made. Everybody's feeling good. And as we sit here this morning, they are three points back of Pittsburgh, which right now holds the second and final wild card spot. They are four points back of the Islanders, uh, who have the other wild card spot. They do have three games in hand uh, on the Islanders. And uh, sandwiched uh, in between, at least games played wise, is Buffalo. They're tied with Ottawa, uh, also three points back. The Sabres do have a game in hand on the Sens as well. So, interesting week ahead. Uh, the Islanders, by the way, looked at their schedule. They play Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Washington. Those are all teams that are either ahead of or tied with the Sens. Uh, so, it's one of those, uh, you can look at it two ways, right? It's, a, you know, all of those games, somebody's getting two points, yeah. and in some cases there might be three points. Yeah. Also means in uh, in all three of those games that somebody's getting no points uh, as well. So, I think at this point, right, you're, you're cheering for... Uh, anybody against the Islanders, right? If you're uh, Ottawa, yeah, that's what I probably. feel. I, yeah, I, again, and you know, hey, you, you certainly look at now uh, Washington uh, to Florida to Buffalo, but yeah, that's kind of I think the eye on the prize. But also for Pittsburgh, 
Um, I think it's realistic that neither Pittsburgh or the Islanders could make, you know, would be, I think it's realistic they could miss, I guess, Jared, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't look at either of those teams, obviously based on the standings, but just for where they're at in their competitive cycle. Um, both are vulnerable for sure, and that's what makes it a whole lot of fun. Uh, and as far as the trade and, and the week and everything else, yeah, it's interesting when you think about 2017, the only player that was here, and he has been much traveled since, is Derek Broussard. Right? There's nobody left on the roster from 2017. Crazy. And the only person, like I said, after about five other stops, he's returned home. Like, that's... So there's nothing to really draw on. Thomas Shabbat, I think... Did he play one game that year, I think, to start the season? I think so. And then went back to junior. So uh, it's a new group. It's a fresh group. And uh, they're having a whole lot of fun right now. All right. So uh, they're in Chicago tonight, as mentioned. Then it's out to Seattle uh, on uh, Thursday night. That's a late one. And then Vancouver is also a late one on Saturday, both 10 o'clock faceoffs in Calgary next Sunday. And then in Edmonton to wrap up the road trip next Tuesday. So, again, the in terms of uh, where the opponents are in the standings, uh, there are some winnable games that would yeah. appear this week. But as yeah. you said as well, uh, you know, Vancouver... Uh, you know, they took care of business against Toronto uh, on uh, Saturday night. They've got some uh, some real good players still. Uh, Calgary appears to be dead dead team walking <laughs> right now. They're going in the wrong direction. Uh, and I think Edmonton, uh, everybody thinks Edmonton is a real good uh, contender in the Western Conference. So in Seattle as well, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah. And, and I think from a Calgary standpoint here, I watched some of the games Saturday. The Gus bus stood on his head. You know that those players are going to play till the end because Mr. Sutter will make your life miserable if he gets any sense that you've given up. So, yeah, I, I think after tonight, uh, all four of those games are going to be tough games, but also think for the Sens and for where they're playing, bring it on. Uh, well, the postman is pumped, reads this text. I booked my flight yesterday, and I'll be in attendance to see the Sens take on Calgary and then up in Edmonton against the Oilers. I think that's Postman Yen, regular uh, texter uh, awesome. to the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you we started grabbing last-minute flights to fly across the country to watch your favorite hockey team play, that's when you know the fan base is all in yeah. at this point, right? That's not just the Ottawa people who live in Calgary or in Vancouver deciding, hey, I want to go see my hometown team play. This is people actually flying out there. So so good on you. For Dr. Bob, who's driving the trip, uh, a little more inspiration in (laughs) your drive than there might have been a month. And I also called him out when he kept telling me they were going to make the playoffs. I'm like, whatever, buddy. It ain't happening. And now um, he doesn't rub it in at all, but he did see me on Saturday night. And, yeah, that that makes that drive. That is to Chicago, all the way to Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton back home a whole lot more worthwhile at this point absolutely all right um your thoughts on the game on the weekend on jake chikrin on how you're feeling about everything like are you super confident the Sens are going to make the playoffs at this point like is there any doubt in your mind whatsoever text us at 12 1200 tweet at us at tsn 1200 phone lines always open at 750 1200 we'll share your thoughts throughout the morning and get them from dave poolin recovered we hope from his long day on the tsn trade center uh, uh desk on friday oh that was, that was tough. That was, we thought it would be tough. It was tough. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get a little bit into the trades that did not happen on, the, on Friday as well. Uh, anyway, share your thoughts, and uh, we got the Sens and the Hawks for you tonight. Again, 7 o'clock pregame, 9 o'clock faceoff right here on Sports Radio TSN 1200. Welcome back, 643 on this Sens game day Monday. We got Ottawa and Chicago for you tonight. 7 o'clock pregame, 9 o'clock faceoff as the Sens kick off their five-game road trip. Brian has texted in, J.R. Simmer, can you find out if uh, our big friend from Kingston, how he's feeling right now? The guy who was on the big screen screaming, zoo, uh, but yeah, the first yeah. home game. That'd be Mario, yeah. our uh, friend from Kingston. Uh, yeah, that's a, 
That's a, you know what? And, you know, now that I think about that, we also gave away the trip right at the start of the year, the Air Canada fan flight to Chicago. So we got a couple of, uh, we got four, uh, well, our, our listener and three guests are at the game tonight, oh, okay. as a matter of fact. So if you're uh, watching the game tonight, if you're watching it on uh, TV, maybe uh, maybe they'll be representing in uh, Sands jerseys. Could be our four uh, our four winners. A couple of weeks ago, I don't even know if I would have went to the game. I would have went to Chicago <laughs> and hung out. Uh, it won't be much of a crowd. There might not have been much of a reason to cheer, but the vibe is certainly from the Sens side. Uh, going to be a whole lot of fun as the uh, Chicago Blackhawks are entering back into the black hole. Uh, they were in before Mr. Taves and Mr. Kane arrived, and I'm assuming crowd-wise, uh, probably end up being some of the same thing. Jake and Blainville, I was at the game Saturday. My daughter was all in. It was my nephew's first NHL experience, and I couldn't have had it any better. The Sens have me believing. Yeah. That's from Jake in Blainville. Hammer, how many? Uh, how long uh, now as the Sens are exiting the ice after another home win have they uh, have they uh, have they played Don't Stop Believing? Because that's been the last oh, few games. Yeah, handful more yeah, than last, that. Uh, no, I would say maybe maybe last couple of weeks of home games. Yeah, all right. They've kicked it off. Yeah, you know, ever, since everybody's been hopping on the bandwagon in the playoffs, it yeah. seems to be working. Dave writes at this point, I don't just want playoffs; I want Tampa's third place spot. <laughs> wow, ride the lightning, fellas. Certainly was a forgettable weekend for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They lost on Saturday against Buffalo, and John Cooper decided that Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and Nikita Kucherov uh, weren't giving him very much, so he sat them for the entire third period. Uh, that is some good message sending right there from the coach. So I'm sure that uh, he thought he would get a big response yesterday from both those three guys and the team as Tampa played in Carolina. Yeah, not so much. Vasilevsky. A little pass is going to be stolen. Nietzsche centers it. Score. Teravainen. That time Vasilevsky fed it to the far boards. Nobody was home for the Lightning. And a quick tic-tac-toe passing play for Carolina. Vasilevsky never got back into position. Teravainen has two goals today, and it's 3 nothing Hurricanes. That is uh, a less-than-enthusiastic Condor, the uh, over-the-top Tampa Bay Lightning radio play-by-play guy. Uh, not very happy with what he saw, nor were Lightning yeah. fans, nor was John Cooper, nor was Steven Stamkos after the game. Yeah, I mean, I think you're delusional to think, not you, but in general, to think that something like that is just going to click. I mean, it's got to be a team effort. It's got to be our, our collective group. I mean, um, if that was the answer every time, you know, when, when you're in a skid, I think every team would do that, right? I mean, it's just, it's not something that... Um, you know, something like that happens. It's not just going to flip the switch and we're going to go on a 10-game winning streak. It's this is We've been in this skid for a while now, um, and we've got to work ourselves out of it. There is Steven Stamkos of the Lightning, who have now lost five games in a row. What do you uh, make of what John Cooper did on Saturday and the yeah. lack of response yesterday? Uh, yeah, well, probably most times historically go back to Steve Casper. Usually the coach ends up being fired at some point. Um, this will be real interesting. Uh, when you show up the big boys like that and there's no response from your hockey team, Jr. I don't care how many cups you've won, Barry Trotz, uh, hey, you, you run your course. So uh, this will be really interesting to follow. And should Tampa lose in the first round of the Toronto Maple Leafs or however this plays out, Jr. Yeah, it's it's real interesting. Like I said, you, you cross that line and embarrass people, especially the big boys like that. You better watch out. And as I said, I, Steve Casper, was that uh, Rick Talkin and then Kevin Stevens back in the day? Uh, sat them for either the entire game or, or for a third period and... That was the beginning of the end for Mr. Casper. 
The more recent example uh, of these guys uh, themselves is Nikita Kucherov. That that happened against the Sens, right, in a game down in Tampa. Remember where Kucherov had a giveaway halfway through the game, and he sat at the end of the bench for the— now it's just Kucherov. In that, and in that, that was that also before they won anything. Exactly. That exactly. was the, tur- so. the fork in the road of, hey, going to make an example. You go back to Barry Trotz, hey, he sat out Ovechkin for being late. But this, when you do a trio uh, and you do it publicly like that, JR, yeah, that's a real interesting thing to follow. And like I said, I recognize that Cooper is, uh, some people think, the best coach in the game, but every coach runs their course. And if something like this doesn't work, and hey, he's got an ego, everybody's got an ego that's involved, it'll just be something to certainly monitor. Uh, so as I No said, shots in a second period, too. It's yeah, really kind of yesterday. A, a bit of a FU kind of back to the coach. Yeah, four <laughs> shots in the first, zero. They're the only team, this kind of, well, it surprised me, but maybe it doesn't. They're the first team in the NHL this season that uh, has gone an entire period yeah. without a shot on goal. Yeah, that's tough to do. Like, you, yeah, you, you usually could, you mail, could, you mail one in from the blue line. Sure, the yeah. Chicago's and Arizona's and Anaheim's and Columbus's of the world, you could see, well, if they're facing Boston, I could see it where they don't have the puck the entire period. When a t- team as good as Tampa goes without a shot on goal after having f- only four shots in the first period. Now, I know Carolina's got the puck most of the time anyway. That's their uh, that's their MO. But, yeah, yeah. I think it was 23-4, to four, the shots through two periods last night. Yeah, and the other part of this, and, you know, again, you're also watching the Leafs lose to, of all things, Vancouver. And, God, Matt Murray makes me nervous every time he's on the ice. But uh, you kind of wonder where this is headed for the Leafs, and I don't think there's any excuses at this point. Now, there are 20 games to play, um, but when teams are vulnerable, it's not like you're facing the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs. This is the get-or-done year if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, absolutely. Um, not a whole lot in terms of the out-of-town scoreboard affecting uh, Ottawa in the Eastern Conference playoff race. I guess Detroit... Um well, Steve Eisman kind of cast his die last week with what he did in trading away uh, Ronick and Bertuzzi uh, for draft picks that he, they pretty much cashiered their season. They ended up losing again last night as well. Uh, so they've lost six games in a row as Detroit. Remember when they, it was a week ago when Detroit came to town for the back-to-back games, and at that point they had won seven of nine, and this was the make-or-break oh, yeah. for yeah. both Detroit and Ottawa. Like, this was going to be a huge series, and I, in my mind, thought, you know what's going to happen? Either each gonna get, they're each going to win a game. Instead, mm-hmm. Ottawa absolutely dominated 6-1, 6-2. It has been a springboard uh, to now five straight wins uh, throughout the week and the acquisition of Chikrin uh, and the fans now chanting, we want the playoffs as the team heads out on a road trip. And for Detroit, it's six losses in a row. See you later. When's uh, my tea time coming up in mid-April? Well, and, and yeah, and to that, and Steve Eiserman even said publicly, and, and I agreed, I mean, Buffalo and Ottawa, I think are tracking in kind of the same universe right now where the Detroit Red Wings, there's just not a chance that they are on the same level as both of those clubs. So uh, that was part of trading out Bertuzzi, getting Larkin signed to a contract, and you move ahead. And if you really look at the week, guys, and I go back to that Saturday game, what was interesting, and it was a stinker against Montreal, but it was the ignition of the role players and the bottom six scoring some goals getting a really good night from Sogard JR, where that was a trap game. Like, that game felt like, oh, you're going to lose this one. The reason he won 5-2 was because of that, and the rest of the week, that was the theme. And I do look back on the week and just think that win at MSG on Patrick Kane night, um, little checks and balances here, and if nothing else, the bottom six and the 5-on-5 scoring, that's why I'm taking this team far more seriously than the team before where it was all about special teams every night, you know, and then you're just thinking, there's no way you could sustain this. Well... Not feeling like that after the, uh, like I said, these last five wins, outscoring your opponent 27-10. to 10, Pretty impressive. 
One of the other things that Pierre Dorian mentioned uh, in his post-trade deadline uh, news conference on Friday was uh, with uh, in regards to Mad Sogard. He said he's an NHL goalie now. Like uh, that, you know, he has seen now enough. And again, I'm paraphrasing his words, but yeah, yeah. essentially saying that we, you know, we uh, he's a full-time NHL goalie in yeah. his mind right now. Do you believe same? Like, have you seen enough now to say this guy's cement pen, put it in in pen? He's one of Otto, Ottawa's two goalies going forward, even when everybody's healthy. Oh, no, no, I haven't seen that, Jerry. Like, he just hasn't played enough hockey. Now, there's nothing to lead me to believe that he's not headed in that direction, but uh, one of the things Ottawa's been very good with is when a guy does struggle sending guys down. So I, I'm not, there, there's not enough a body of work to quite go to that level, um, but he's certainly tracking nicely. Now, it is, I think, a little strange. I would have played him on Saturday night if he's your full-time goaltender, but Talbot was fine, and they won the game. We'll see what happens against Chicago tonight, so... That's interesting. Uh, also, I, it's funny. If Friday feels like it's a million years ago. Um, even trading for the famous Brown, you you must mm-hmm. dislike Brown because he's part of the Mara family, the rival New York Football Giants, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't, don't like the yeah. Giants. So kind of oh. cool there. But anyways, yeah, it's. Uh, I I wouldn't say that yet, but it's certainly the maturity he's shown. Even back to the Saturday game, uh, in, the, in Montreal, uh, he's doing a lot of good things. Just not enough of a sample size. From yet. Uh, Logan to Connor to Josh, now to Patrick Brown. Yeah, here's yeah. the t- Brown torch. Be yours to hold it high. Exactly, Patrick Brown. Yeah, it's important to get. Uh, yeah, and what I had Brown to, do for you. Uh, and I had to go searching. Had no idea that his dad was Doug Brown, who I think well, I know he won a cup in Detroit. He must have won a cup with the Devils. I remember him not? with Detroit. Wore number. I just remember him wearing number. 17 and just being one of those kind of real good role players yeah, for the, he was, for the yeah, Red Wings. Yeah. He, was, yeah, he was like that with uh, the Devils as well because I scouted a lot then and uh, I believe another graduate of Boston College and uh, married the, I guess, granddaughter, right, of, of Mara, the Mara family. Uh, married into that, so that was always... I that's remember, good marrying, as we say, yeah, in the that, business. Yeah, that, that's, that's really marrying is, upward. Yeah, yeah that made, uh, you know, when he, and that happened when he was with the Devils, so yeah, it was always a big story within the... Uh, and I, I believe Dougie Brown's brother uh, was also a defenseman that played in Pittsburgh for a number of years, Chair, uh, from the Brown family. Sure, but not Rob Brown. <laughs> not <laughs> nope. to be confused with yet no. another Brown that no. has played, or Dustin Brown, for yeah. that matter. Well, Robbie Brown, of course, yep. out of Kamloops, and he was more famous because his dad, I think, ran Kamloops back in the day. And Yeah, of course, Dustin. Or, yeah. Anyways, we'll leave the Brown stuff alone. Uh, we will. Uh, but uh, Patrick Brown uh, is on the road trip, so he was the Sens' low, uh, loan acquisition on... Uh, Friday, as predicted, it was a relatively quiet deadline for everybody, including Ottawa. So Patrick Brown comes from Philadelphia, uh, where uh, for a sixth round draft pick, he's got uh, two goals and seven points, I think, mm-hmm. in forty three games. He is a center ice depth guy. Don't know uh, if he's kind of a mix and match with with Dylan Gambrell in terms of one or the other comes in and out of the lineup depending on how they're playing. If Patrick Brown is just insurance, yeah. or if Patrick Brown now. Slides in and starts taking a regular shift with yeah. the sense. Well, I, here's and I, I think he has very good faceoff numbers here. Uh, I, I you're, they're not touching anything. I mean, Dylan Gambrell is actually playing very well, and now all of a sudden, uh, Matthew Joseph has woken up with having Gochi on the line. And when you look realistically, and I, I'm not getting carried away with where the players are at, but yeah, I don't think you're yeah you're not touching anything. Even trying to figure out where exactly Chickren fits in, and it was nice to see Branstrom back in the lineup. But I would say for right now, yeah. Absolute insurance policy, and even for the way this road trip sets up, uh, there are no back-to-backs, and so I think you just keep No, there playing. is. Saturday, Sunday. Oh, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think right now you just keep playing your hand. I mean, that you've hit into something very special right now, and even in the simplest part, but the, the bottom six is showing up and making an impact, and more importantly, scoring some goals. Uh, I did something on Friday during trade deadline day that I don't think I've ever been done, uh, that I've personally ever done before. You had a nap? 
I I, I turned it off and, and went, went yeah. to sleep. Yeah, like, I was, that I, was, yeah. and it was about one thirty, and something came across my phone, and it was two guys. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, you know, and I pride myself in, relatively speaking, at least knowing was some, it the Anaheim at least Buffalo, knowing on Anaheim Buffalo trade of yeah, two guys risky to yeah. first yeah, yeah, yeah. of at least knowing the names. I don't know if I know anything about them. Just okay, I've I've heard of that guy before from junior hockey. Like two guys who I'd never heard of before <laughs> being traded an hour and a half from the trade deadline. I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm out. No. And I woke up like two hours yeah. later, turned put my phone back on, went okay, didn't miss my didn't yeah. miss too much. Like yeah. relative that was. In terms of quality of players, and we know leading up to it, the two weeks leading up to it was great, unbelievable, great, uh, uh, you know, unbelievable number of uh, names that have been traded. Lots of trades, but Friday itself, there were, believe it or not, twenty-one trades on Friday, thirty-four players, but not a whole heck of a lot of interest. That was uh, that was that was a tough watch. So kudos to Pooley and everybody on the uh, TSN Trade Center for desks for getting through the seven. Yeah, very much so, and it is interesting because I think back to my first deadline. I think nineteen like. 95 sitting with David Poyle and I joke, but we were trying to trade for Mark Bureau, who was just a role player in Tampa. Exactly. But it, it just was a not big, you know, and obviously at that point, you didn't even have, well, if TSN was around, you didn't have it. So it was different. What was also different before the salary cap, um, there wasn't, I think it was not magnified here, but there was trades made all the time, right? Where this is a sense. And as I said last week, I really feel like the way this set up being on a Friday that teams like to get out and scout, and even Pierre Dorman mentioned staff being in since Monday. Most people had wrapped up all their viewings on that previous weekend, which leads to deals, leads to a lot of work by Monday, and then for other teams like Boston on an injury, allows you to kind of regroup and basically get all your business done before Friday. So I thought it was pretty cool the way it's set up, and uh, obviously a lot of deals made and uh, yeah, a lot of excitement for playoff teams. Probably the biggest name actually traded on Friday, and he hasn't played in a big way this year, is John Klingberg, who uh, Anaheim, he he couldn't find a big money deal in free agency in the Mm -hmm. summer, so he signed a one-year deal with Anaheim Mm -hmm. for seven million bucks, so he got paid, but for the one, but that was kind of to reestablish, you know, his brand, uh, and also knowing that he probably, Anaheim was not going to be very good, so he'd get moved at the the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that when Anaheim signed him for $7 million with the thought of we're going to flip this guy out, that they thought they would be spending whatever they, you know, $6, $6 million or 5 to $6 million, that they thought their return would be a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah. That's a that's a whole lot of money exp- uh, expended yeah, no, for not a whole heck of a lot no, of return no. as, as uh, Klingberg yeah. goes to Minnesota. Yeah, semi-shocking and kind of in the bargain bin, JR, right? And that's one of the ones where you're sitting there and it's more like, hey, can you take this guy off our hands? So, no, it is quite interesting to see, and I haven't watched him, um, yeah, what he's going to be able to do on a place like Minnesota. And uh, one thing I will say, uh, certainly can run a power play. But if you watch Dean Evison and the way he liked his teams to play, I'm not sure Mr. Klingberg exactly fits the mold of that. So it'd be very interesting to see how he's not a very good. He defensive seems player. to have, he seems to have a uh, talking about Klingberg a low snap factor. Yeah, Although in the yeah. play, now that I think about it, now in the playoffs against yeah. Calgary, right? You're not getting into a fight with Matthew Kachuk in the first or second game. Yeah, he but, he was well, extra feisty well, he, uh, in the early part of yeah. uh, that series for Dallas. Yeah. The, the the bubble year, he actually competed very hard. I was actually very impressed with the defensive play, but. But Dean uh, Evanson, as he coaches, looks like his eyes are going to pop oh, right yeah, out of yeah. his head at all times. Yeah. Like, he's the one 
because his hairline is a little, you know, it's gone back a little bit like yeah. all of us as we get older, yeah. Yeah. where you can see the vein in the yeah. forehead. Yeah. You can actually, you know, through your television, you can visibly see the vein. Yeah. That's when you know a guy is intense right there. I can almost, see yeah. the vein yeah. in the forehead. It's almost, you know, it's Arnold's face in Terminator when half of it's been blown off, right? Yes, exactly. And it has that exact same look that Arnie, exactly. Arnie brings. All right, uh, hour two is around the corner on this Sens game day. We will get you set for Sens and Hawks and uh, revisit uh, a special night on Saturday for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, The fans were into it. Jake Chickren was into it as well. We're going to hear from him on hour two in his uh, home debut, which included a goal and an assist and a win. Could not have gone any better for he and the Sens. Uh, We're back with hour two coming up right here on Sports Radio TSN 1200.